Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, brought to you by Roast House Pub, one of Frederick's finest craft beer and culinary destinations, where great people come to drink amazing beer. Visit them to track their taps and menu at roasthousepub.com, or download the digital pour app to track what's on tap. Hello, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today we're sitting in Old Mother's Rear with <laughs> Keith Marcoux, enemy of the show, uh, helping bring together this... Uh, group of international brewers and at some point uh, maybe we'll come up with the punchline for the show title which is a Swede a German and a American walk into a brewery <laughs> even though I, I assume both of you are still American still citizens American. though still still American. American. as far as I know <laughs> yeah who knows at what point you meant <laughs> Dave uh, he did tell me that he got his driver's license taken away though so I got my American driver's license taken yeah, that, away. That happens. Huh. You have to hand that over when you get the German driver's license. <clears throat> and so my American driver's license is sitting in Glen Burnie right now. Oh. Wonder what? At the MVA. In an you envelope. have to send it back to here? They have it. The government sent it back. Okay. Trust the DMV. They have it. Yeah. It's in I an envelope. <laughs> just go in there. Tell them your name. Well, if you, if you ever move back, though. In and out. It's should probably just in a about, giant mm. box of licenses. Yeah. So at some <laughs> point, we should... <laughs> it in there. At some point, you should probably stop talking, Keith, so we can introduce our oh, guests. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <clears throat> um, actually, let's uh, introduce yourself, since this is only audio. That way, people will have an idea where you're talking. Peter, you go first, and tell us where you uh, reside and the name of your brewery. And we will all uh, try not to suck, as your shirt says. <laughs> okay, so originally I am from uh, just outside of Chicago, Illinois. And You didn't say your name. Oh, my name is Peter Lincoln, the land of Lincoln, <laughs> Illinois. Uh, so I grew up just outside of Chicago, and I have a small farmhouse brewery just south of Stockholm called Brewing Culture, and it is... I'm an owner and founder. I handle most of events, marketing, graphics, and started out as uh, one of the two brewers with my business partner, uh, who is Swedish. The brewery is on his farm, and we are we produce beer. Uh, one batch is around 500 hectoliters, which is around that's a lot four barrels. Or five, five hectoliters, sorry. Oh, uh, like 500 hectoliters, a lot more than... 3.5 <laughs> barrels. Yeah, about, yeah, 3.5 barrels. And we started in 2013 on paper, and our first beers were sold in 2014. So we are just four years young. Although in the U.S., that's close to uh, old age for a craft brewer. <laughs> these days, these <laughs> days, yeah. Not the same in uh, Sweden. So my name is David Renninger. I was born in Ellicott City, uh, born and raised here, but married a German, moved over to Franconia, which is the northern part of Bavaria. And my wife's parents own what's called a Landgasthof, and that's a beer garden with a restaurant attached to it. And when we first moved over there, I had homebrewed a couple times in the US, and I was at the draft tower, and I noticed that one of the taps was free. And so I said, hey, do we have a beer to put on here? They said, no, we don't. I got the idea, well, I can make a home brew and we can sell it. So I brewed uh, just a simple blonde, something really easy uh, for the Germans, especially to get used to craft beer. Something, you know, we always said it was something between a Pils and a Hellas, but an ale beer. 
and it took off. And so we got a 40 liter, so what is that? 12, 19, 19, no, yeah, like 19 gallon, 19 gallon, uh, something like that. Uh, 19 gallon uh, Braumeister from Spidal and started brewing every day on that. And then we realized the beer garden needs more. And so we bumped up to the same size as Peter here. So 3.5 barrels, five hectoliters, uh, bought some more fermentation tanks and have now just been pumping it out. Uh, unfortunately, it's enough to cover the beer garden. We got a bottler at, this, uh, at the same time, but we don't have enough beer left over to bottle. It's a problem of luxury. And so we have to have some of our beer uh, brewed at other breweries. Uh, the craft beer scene in Germany is quite small and tight knit. So I got a connection with a brewery in Mainz and a brewery in Schweinfurt. And so we get some of the beers. I go there and I brew some of the beers there then. Oh, so you, do you, you go there and actually brew? Or? Yeah, when you get one of the breweries in Schweinfurt, for example, is 30 hectoliters. I'm looking at you for the conversion on that one. <laughs> and, and You could really say anything you want. And yeah. the 99.9% of the people so, listening will be like me. We'll take like, it. Oh, cool. We'll yeah, that sounds yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That number's good. That number's yeah. good. 20 to 25 barrels, I guess. Um, and That's a lot of beer. It's a lot of beer, yes. And they... I forgot what was going with this. Uh, I asked you if you brew yeah. it yourself. Because yeah, typically so you go there, at here, that, yes. if you contract brew, so it's at, Exactly. It. At that size, uh, you're just pressing buttons on a computer. Okay, uh, so they're yeah. all automated. It's, and iPad. Yep, it's a, yeah. new, it's a new Casper Schultz, so a, a brewery builder in Germany, Casper Schultz system that you just have this computer in front of you. You start clicking. It starts getting everything going, even getting rid of the, the, you know, the spent grains. You call the local farmer, they come by, you click a button, this, this little swing arm comes out and just pumps all the spent grain into their tractor uh, trailer and gets taken away. It's, it's that quite nice. That sounds really easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's in comparison to the, to the five hectoliter uh, brewing system that we have, which is a direct fire system uh, that you have to control everything yourself. So how big and small the flame is to make sure that it's heating at the right temperature. I don't know if his is uh, a little more nicer than that but yeah it's a it's a nice step up when you get a computer to do it in comparison to having to just switch the flame higher or smaller so you said the the craft brewing community in germany is small and then yeah so they're just not um many craft <laughs> breweries is that because of the i'm not even going to try to pronounce it correctly right. yeah we'll let you guys yeah. say it uh is that it, is it because of that or germans just don't have a taste for they, what what Americans consider and, and actually even the craft brewers in Germany are you able to brew like the styles Americans are brewing or are you not even able to do that so to an extent um, to answer the first part the craft beer scene is quite small um, I read the Brewers Association report uh, the 20, uh, 2018 annual growth report in the US, I think it was sales by volume was 13.4, something around that percent of all beer sold is craft beer. In Germany, in the grocery stores and the uh, liquor stores, craft beer makes up 0.14% of all beer sold. So it's still really small scene. Most of the guys who are in it know each other. Uh, it 
there's definitely a taste for it because new guys are popping up all the time, especially in major cities like Berlin. Berlin just four years ago had two, three craft breweries. One was an American-led one, and now they got Stone in Berlin. Now they got the Stone. Oh yeah, it's a, yeah, was yeah. it last year that yeah. opened? Well, yeah, or one or two years two, ago. Yeah. They got uh, uh, who's Brewdog has a place there now as well, and lots of other smaller guys are popping up, and so it's really growing. It's I like to compare it to most likely how the market in the U.S. was in the 80s and 90s for craft beer, mm. in which people are still need that beer education. Okay. So they come to the table, they see a menu, Back and craft they go, beer was not cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they come to the table and they have no idea. Some of them don't have no idea what's on the menu, and so you have to really explain it to them. Uh, we hold beer tastings and go over the whole brewing process, the ingredients process, and they get excited about it. And so then they, they start asking questions themselves get more interested into it and suddenly they're not just drinking their normal everyday beer they're now coming over and saying oh i want to try that one or, oh i want to try that one or you get people who didn't even drink beer to begin with because most places in germany will have your three typical styles of beer a pills a hefeweizen a wheat beer and uh what's called a keller beer which is an amber beer about but a lager would that be like an alt beer or kind of alt- or is that a Alt beer is a little different because they use uh, different yeast, okay. which is the the alt beer yeast uh, it ferments at a higher temperature, about uh, 15 degrees Celsius. It's closer like 60, to an ale yeast. Yeah, it's oh, closer okay. to an ale yeast. I got yeast. you. Yeah. So you're going to get some more fruit and some, yeah. some different ester creation. Uh, different hopping profile. The the This is more of an amber lager beer that is more malt forward, but hopped enough that with late hops that you get it in the end. Gotcha. So are IPAs popular at all there or Absolutely. Is it, okay, so it's just, yeah. It's not unique to Americans for no, the, no, no. the craving the, of an IPA. The, the hoppy beers sell for craft beer they sell the best. Uh, they attract the most people, especially the younger generation. Uh, so just like here, it's you're going to be your, it's going to be most people's number one go-to craft beer is a hoppy beer, a pale ale or an IPA. So what about like the hazy beer craze and uh, all? <laughs> yeah. it, does that exist in Germany or it Sweden? Or it doesn't yeah. exist in Germany because, as far as I could tell, it didn't exist in North Carolina either, <laughs> which was refreshing. All IPAs kind of in Germany came at once, so all styles. The craft beer scene started. Hazy IPAs already existed here in the U.S., so some people, you know, made some in Germany. People were making your regular, say, let's say, East Coast IPAs, some West Coast IPAs, and so they all kind of came Pull the at mic once. A little closer. Oh, sorry. There, see how much better you sound? When it's nice and handsomer. Close. So there you go. Oh, way handsomer. <laughs> and so all IPA styles, at least for Germany, came all at once because the craft brewery brew revolution, I guess you can say, has really only taken off in the last two to three years. But it's still all like crystal clear beer that's. Mm-hmm. No, it's move. It's not going to be as hazy as a hazy IPA gotcha. or like a Hefeweizen wheat beer, but it, like intentionally it, hazy. Yeah, it'll still be like this. Uh, yeah, the beer I'm holding okay. up right now. Attaboy knows which, how to fill a yeah. growler. Hell yeah, they That's do. <laughs> hey, they fill it up to the top. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I guess we could talk but, about yeah, that in, for a sec. In, what are we sipping on, real quick? Uh, I don't know what you guys started with, but I'm pouring Ace. Started with a Lithuanian. It's, sp- yeah, it's the Sporto from Attaboy Sporto with Saison. the uh, Lithuanian yeast, which uh, Peter is. Yeah, close, I've, close I've, to where uh, you reside. We're not far. 
Not far. Far away. Uh, Close enough where the crowler selection was yeah. appropriate. We have a Hefeweizen, an IPA, and a Saison, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. what we're known for. But in uh, Sweden, as far as the haze craze, absolutely, it is alive and kicking. Um, I don't think oh there's goodness. a single is that the brewery. Ace? I can smell it from here. I don't think there's a single brewery that hasn't tried a New England IPA in Sweden, really, nowadays. Um, we've Do done they call them New England IPAs or just hazy IPAs? Yeah, and actually, they're New England IPAs, and part of the thing was, was that there was actually, because it's, it's not an identified or defined style still. Um, you call it that as just a way to kind of snub Great Britain for leaving the EU? Or <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm pretty the sure there is a New Brexit England IPA over. out there, too. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but, uh, oh, definitely. That name is taken. But it is. That's the, that's the connection to the haze. And there are some breweries in Europe that are doing a lot of fruited IPAs as well. Um, which I think is now being called a Florida IPA, where it's mm. a little bit uh, tart and uh, fruited, but then also very tropical, you know, the, the modern hop uh, forward juice bombs. Right, right, right. Um, but they're literally using purees and juices and real fruit. Hmm. So in, uh, in our case, I would say that Germany is kind of where Sweden was when we started our brewery. Um, and... As the trend in, in the U.S. has gone from California and the West Coast east, I think that's what's starting to happen in, in uh, Europe, is really Denmark with McKellar and everything there was, I mean, in Europe, that's where the innovation came. Because everywhere in Europe has had, not everywhere, but they've had stronger traditions of beer. So I would say even... If you compare Berlin with Bavaria, my guess is you find a big difference between the, op- difference. the openness to the, the traditions of Bavarian beers. Um, so and in ba- Bavaria, would that be like strictly lager style and just exactly. classically made? Lagers and, and wheat beers. Okay. And so your, tr- your traditional Hefeweizen, which is a, a top fermenting beer. Oktoberfest. Exactly, yeah. And so we also brew traditional german beers because you don't want to push any customers away you know with having you know what we would consider here typical american craft beers to them that's still slightly extreme and so we still make your traditional pilsner your traditional hefeweizen your traditional keller beer which here now there's starting to be a, a renaissance for those styles i hope so. yeah i hope so yeah it, that's i was going to say that's one of the things i find really interesting is like we were talking briefly about Chicago and the, the love of Pilsners and the love of just going out and having a beer. I'm doing quotation marks with my fingers there. <laughs> um, but that's what, that's, what people, that's what people still want. And I think it shows a lot about how the actual craft movement has, has held on as far as the culture of people wanting to support local. They're still buying the thing that they're comfortable with, but they're willing to try it from somebody new and they're not always going to have it because they know sometimes they can go and they can get the one that's perfected. I mean, there's a lot of really good breweries that make those beers because they've made them for hundreds of years. Mm. Germany's a perfect example of that. Czech Republic as well. So is 
Sweden far enough along where it's not the constant education for everyone that comes in the door. And am I making that right assumption where you almost have to, unless it's one of your regulars, kind of explain what you're doing constantly? Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm sure in Berlin, which is probably the only city in Germany that you can do it in, they're probably the only city in which someone has heard about it and knows more about it than your average person. Here... In the U.S., your average person knows of craft beer. Yeah. More than probably 80 to 90% know about craft beer. In Germany, they still have, sometimes they have TV specials on showing a local brewery saying, oh my goodness, do you see what they're doing? <laughs> they're, they're putting lots of hops in the beer. Or they're making this beer really dark and really roasty. Wow. And so it's still There's at that flavors. stage. Yeah. yeah. And so it's still at that stage <laughs> where people are not just getting, getting used to it, I would say. Seeing the beers, they're not being little hesitant saying what is that uh the with the regulars the explanation period the educational period's over they come in they say because we have we'll have also a rotating tap and they'll come in and be like oh what's new and so they get to that point you know but you got to get that the first hurdles and that's the beer education and that's still one of the main things that we uh really try and harp on my wife is a uh a beer sommelier which they have in germany and and she works at wireman and she works at wireman has the, Did uh, I say that right? Yes. Viamon? Uh, well, they say Viamon. Viamon. What is that? It's, it's a malting a, company. Yeah, it's okay. a very large malting company. I'm very large. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she's so the, she she's a little bit about beer. Yeah. Well, she's an event manager there and also uh, hosts a lot of the beer tastings and conducts them. And so she does a lot of the beer pairings and uh, with cheeses, chocolates, uh, also with whiskeys. Great job. Nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah, while well, I'm at home with the kids. Yeah. You know, she gets to do that. <laughs> and, uh, but we're, the, the, the beer educational aspect is what we're trying to get over right now. And once we hit that, because the younger generation is totally open for it, and they come in, they come into the beer garden, they order whatever's on the menu. They want to try something new, of course, but they also have their go-tos now, which is fantastic to hear. They come in, they say, oh, I want this one, I want this one, I want that one. Uh, the older people, if you will, they'll, they'll come in and say, oh, what's this? But if you have good service, they can explain it clearly, concisely, and then suddenly they go, I'll give that a shot. This, so might, be a, yeah, ahead, this might be a really stupid question. Probably is going to be. It probably is going to be. Um, Brace yourself. Are there, do, they, like, do they do flights? Are you guys doing yes. beer flights? We do beer flights. Okay. Yes. Okay. I just didn't know in terms of. You know, people want to come it. in and taste variety. You called it. Stupid question. It's, it's, no, not, I, it's like, not a stupid I haven't, question. I haven't been no, talking there, much because I'm completely fascinated with, you know, the, we kind of all got together to talk about different culture and how kind of the beer scene is everywhere. I mean, you, we drive three hours from here and the beer scene's different. Yeah. Mm. It can so, it. I mean, you go to another country, the, the beer scene's certainly going to be different. I was just down in Charlotte um, this past weekend visiting uh, some family. And we went to the Old Mecklenburg, which is a traditional German brewery. They've—I don't know how long they've been in business, but the, where we went was not their first rodeo. Um, it was like huge brewery meets city park. They had like I don't know, it was like two or three acres. I don't know, it was ridiculous. So we cruise up in there, and there's like 800 people drinking alt beer, Hefeweizen, Pilsner, just yeah. traditional. Four ingredient beer, and I can think of one in Frederick that kind of leans toward the traditional styles, even though there are other brand Oxy Brewers Alley. Oh, well, they I brew the traditional yeah. beer styles very well. 
perfectly priced. Like that's that's the staple of traditional beer. Yeah, Brewers Alley is. Like and they, how long business. have they been in business? A long twenty-five 20, years. Yeah, no, maybe longer. So they're they're like That's a super icon here on Market mm-hmm. Street, um, you know. But for us, we've been open for three and a half years. I've been drinking beer intently for like ten years. I started drinking beer and liking it with a purpose, <laughs> and with a purpose, with a purpose in uh, like two thousand eight ish. Who was just doing research <clears throat> all that? Just time research, for yeah. Old market mother. research, market research. Um, but every time I go somewhere, just to kind of, you know, we're, we're, in, we're in the industry. We're, you know, we're all trying to make a living and do our thing. Um, we're trying to be competitive while still maintaining our creative integrity and, and doing what we set out to do. But uh, to cruise to Richmond from here, to cruise. Yeah, Richmond's very different. It's just different. It's just yeah. completely different. And uh, just from the, the conversations we had the other night, uh, Peter uh, from Sveden. Was that good? Yeah, from Sweden. Okay. Yeah, it works. <laughs> was it was fantastic. It's just completely eye-opening to um, kind of appreciate and try to put yourself in how uh, different cultures appreciate beer, how conversation and culture revolves around beer. Um, and then Dave, you know, Dave, we met uh, two years ago. Came into came into our first location. Um, I think we saw you twice. So the first yes, time introduced and then you came in and then we really sat down, had a couple beers and really kind yep. of, really kind of solidified a, uh, a friendship. Um, but it's just, uh, you know, the friendship and, and, and even on the, on the back end, the industry side, you know, we're all in it to, to do what we're passionate about and, uh, just to have a conversation about what your culture looks like and, and what pushes your beer development, uh, it's just so fascinating. One thing that, uh, Wait, to, get, to get back to his flight question real quick, one thing that was a shock to some of the Germans, to a lot of the Germans, was you get smaller beers a lot of times with yeah. craft beers. They're used to drinking a half the liter. Big stop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of like four and a half percent beer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they'd get the, you, you give them a smaller, a smaller beer, yeah. and they go, just kind of give Why you a are look. You ripping me off. Yeah. <laughs> what is this thimble? <laughs> exactly. And so the flights come in with these tiny little beers. Thank you for the sample. Beers. Can I have my real beer now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, until, no. until you tell them, oh, here's the IPA. It's in, uh, it's like a 12 ounce IPA, 0.33 uh, liter. And you get put it in front of them. They kind of look at it. And they go, what is this? And you're like, don't worry. It's 7.2%. It's yeah. cool. It's cool. It's, oh, that's too strong. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I would say. Uh, wait, wait, real quick. We're going to take a real quick break to thank our sponsors. And then when we get back, I, I want to get your answer, Peter, to the education question. So let's take a real quick break. A huge thank you to our presenting sponsor, Roast House Pub, which is located at 5700 Urbana Pike in Frederick, Maryland. If you have listened to this podcast before, you have definitely heard me go on and on about the beer dinners that Chef Nico creates. Simply put, they are amazing. But Roast House Pub has much more to offer. Their friendly staff is knowledgeable about beer and will help you choose from among the 20 beers they have on tap. In addition to the awesome beer selection, the food is always amazing. Make sure to follow them on Facebook and check their website at www.roasthousepub.com to keep up to date on their constant stream of events. All right, Peter, um, how, how is the um, education aspect in Sweden? Is it further along or is it still you need to do explaining to every other person that comes through the door? Mm, no. Uh, that was multiple choice. Yeah, but it's it's absolutely <laughs> it's absolutely. I would say in general, everyone 
knows about craft beer. Um, pretty much a standard is what do you have that's sour and what do you what's what IPA do you have? Now I think that's a that's a pretty much like even in a regular bar now you're you're asking that. What what would you say you're in? You said you had a raw you have a roster of beers. Uh, you know your core beers. Is is IPA your number one seller? Actually, for us, no. We our flagship is an American Amber. So okay. it is essentially like three years ago you could have called it a red IPA. Mm. Um, but we, I'm from the U.S. My business partner has his roots and his his. He got his chaps in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, we like to say that we are a Midwestern-influenced brewery, which I think highlights the fact that we're more on the American side of things. But definitely, I'm influenced a ton by Belgian and uh, European traditional brewing. And then he's the European that is influenced by the, the tiny segment that he was here for two and a half years is Midwestern Craft Brewery from 2009 till 2012. I was, I was about to say that I, I thought it was crazy the idea that a brewery's number one beer would be an amber, and then I quickly thought a fat tire. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it, that's a stupid exactly. statement. Never and, mind. And, that <laughs> was, and that, that's kind of... So the name of our brewery is called Brewing Culture, and it's based on the, the aspect that we felt that... There is there's something special about the fact that the U.S. is really the driving force in how it spread from California to New York. And that was, I mean, if you really think about it, it's been about 35 years in developing. Yeah. Europe is not... Yeah, with Stone opened in 96. Well, I'm talking like Sierra Anch- Nevada. Yeah, and they were in like Anchor. nine... Yeah, Anchor oh, yeah, and earlier. San Marin, like, I mean... When those guys were brewing in Chico, like in Chico, and they were just selling stuff out of the back, I mean, that took some time before that picked up in New York. Well, isn't Yingling the yeah. number one craft brewery now? Oh, they've been they're the yeah. oldest. They're the yeah. oldest. Well, yeah. They're the oldest. Yeah. yeah. They started it back yeah, in seventeen hundred. I wouldn't say they're. I but wouldn't say they're number one, but they're but Yingling is. Yingling has its place. Yeah, I think man. they're oh, the second largest. Oh, I think yeah. they're the second largest, only behind <laughs> Boston Beer Company. Mm. But they're at like three million barrels a year or something like that. Yingling? Yeah. yeah. And only in uh, like 13 God or 14 damn, 12, states. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, really small footprint. Mm-hmm. But it was only a few years ago they expanded all the way to the east to Ohio. And that's yeah, what yeah I would, that was a big deal. Yeah. But that's what I would say is like we're, we have reached that point in, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak for Denmark as well. Uh, like Denmark, the Scandinavian area, you can get beer from all over the world there. I mean, that's that's the market that they expect. And it makes it, I would say that's, that's the part where we are at maybe the second phase or the third phase of, it used to be that people from the Midwest and people from the East Coast, when they went out West, that's where they were going to get good beers. It wasn't that they expected them at home. It's that when they were out there, okay, I can get a good fresh great hoppy beer but i can't i can't expect it here at home and now because the u.s has kind of i think we've grown steadily for 30 some years i think that's that's why you're seeing germany 
you're seeing Poland, you're seeing Austria, you're seeing uh, Czech Republic. They are, I mean, they're taking leaps and bounds because the technical knowledge is there, the culture is there, and it's just getting them up to speed. Whereas in some other countries, like Spain has an incredible craft beer scene. Uh, it's absolutely phenomenal. And in Sweden, I think, I think we do too. We have over 400 some breweries in a, in a, in a country a small, of 10 million people. There's um, not even 400 craft breweries in Germany. Yeah. I yeah, think we're, I think we're reaching 50. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and when we started, million. that's crazy. Yeah. When we started in 2013, there was less, I think there was less than a hundred. And so now people that are coming in, they're coming in and they're, I mean, Instagram untapped, all of that stuff, they're coming in and they're having to come in with like day one, what do we do? We make New England IPAs because that's what's hot. That's what right. everyone wants. Right. So in, in Europe, do you hate untapped and Instagram as much as, much as, as we do? As much as brewers no. in the U.S. do. I don't hate Instagram. Well, it's not. Well, so I, yeah, I guess Instagram's less Yelp. because it's. Yeah. <laughs> Yelp. Yelp. We don't have Yelp in Germany. <laughs> we do have untapped, but it's not. But I would actually say more Americans in Germany use untapped than Germans in Germany. Yeah, untapped is, I think. It's a necessary evil because I think it I think it does help spread because people do they do want to interact. I mean that's the that's the that's the modernity that we yeah. live in. But I think it also it, it can crush you when you, you you know you you've you've spent a month preparing something and you think you've done a really good job and somebody that just comes along they might have had a bad day and they're like this sucks. So, bam, a few like five star beers, yeah. now one star. A few months yeah. ago, I brewed a beer with Jake here at Old Mother called um, Tandem Biker. I was involved. Keith, I was involved. Keith watched. Does owning the place count? Jesus. And I turned the light switch on. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he bought the fruit for I it. I had the keys <laughs> and everything. Open the door. Man. Were you even here with us? I'm getting no I love. I don't think so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh. So it it was a sour IPA with pineapple, and someone left a one star review saying that it oddly smelled like pineapple and tasted as if someone had removed the pineapple from a Hawaiian pizza, but left eight pieces of pineapple on it. So like heavy so pineapple, a, yeah. So. Welcome to a pineapple sour IPA. <laughs> this is an extremely faint taste of pineapple. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's the it's the right. same one you know when they have when uh, it's like usually I don't drink this kind of beer. One out of five. Yeah. Of course. Well, so yeah, you have you that in your room too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't put yeah. it in your flight. Well, and I do, I don't I, like craft beer. Yeah. <laughs> one out of five. I, I was gonna say there there's, there's this does not taste like a Lacroix. There's yeah. one thing though that is that is very interesting is is that. Swedes do tend to I feel untapped on untapped they have learned how the American untapped has worked mm. and they they follow that in the same way I mean we've got freedom of speech but no the it's the the ticker mentality 
is I just huge. learned that word this week. It's I had um, never heard that term. I have no idea what you guys I are ticker? talking about. See, I like so like tick tick like so it's like it's yeah. popular. I'm taking off beers you've drank. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, I'm gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd never heard and like some of the rate beer. That's primarily done tw- why I think Untapped is impossible. So I ask people, I'm like, why? Like, why do you use Untapped? It's not because you're like messaging. Well, I don't know. Do you use Untapped? I have. Very There's people that are obsessed with checking off rare beers right. or this yeah. and that. They don't message their buddies and they're like, "Hey, these are my tasting notes for this beer." It's like this. Uh, well, it's the video it's like game aspect. Yeah, it's like yeah. a video game. Yeah, it's gamification yeah. of life. Yeah. It's gamification yeah. of life, and it's the collector mentality. Right. Because for the longest time, it was you know, every I think it was Vesta Eleven Twelve was the number one rated beer Travis. in the world for like. 13 years or right. something like that. Then what beer knocked One it off? One star, not hoppy enough. No, but what <laughs> I think what, what beer knocked it off? You're talking about in the world? Yeah, well, I, two I roads uh, right I now. Think, I think it was going to be the either the heavy topper. Or not, not two roads, two hearted. Yeah, You're I talking about Pliny number one in the U.S. Pliny oh, okay. The oh. Pliny the Elder. <laughs> the world, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Whoa. It could have been, uh, it might have been Dark Lord from oh, Three Floyds. Okay. So the exclusive, the exclusive small batch beers actually took precedent because it, it showed, oh, hey, I got one of those 200 oh, bottles. Yeah, so it I must can, be good. So it I must be good. I show off that I... It's the... And, and, and I mean... I, you know what's amazing now, though, is that any, any of your typical popular can release places are selling their four packs for, at the cheapest, $18 uh, piece now but heady topper the originator of it yeah. you can get, walk if you can find it it's still apparently very hard to find but it's like 12 dollars people still people still follow yeah. people yeah. still follow the chuck around in vermont <laughs> we, we've had people i've had people in germany because they when when you, there's there's craft beer festivals and you have you, you set up there you're serving people you can you can actually just update the page and see people rating you one guy from at the festival. At the festival, oh. one guy from Switzerland uh, came by, but it, we were closed at the night, and you know Germans pretty strict, so we actually had to untap our beers. I said, "Look, I don't, we, we can't serve anymore." He said he was going to be back the next day. Came back the next day. The beer that he wanted to try was out. He rated it. He was real mad. Real <laughs> mad. <laughs> I'm getting. I'm guessing he's going to do? rating too. No, to do. He, it was a. It was a copy paste weird. Uh, just from the description of the beer that was there. That's crazy. And he just put it in middle of the road. I think it was like three something out of five. Yeah. So, so I, okay. I, I had but I was like, I know you didn't rate it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was out, man. <laughs> I told you it was out. <laughs> so, well, completely unrelated. I saw you click the button on your phone. <laughs> completely unrelated to that, though, but I love the story. Um, when I was in high school, I worked at a car dealership that was right next to uh, um, a small county airport. And one of the planes overshot the runway and wrecked into the trailer park that was between the car dealership and the, the airport. And so, actually, there's two parts. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with my part of it first. So the local like NBC affiliate called and wanted to talk to someone who had witnessed it. So I got on and just made up all kinds of stuff. Yes. And they, re- they reported every bit of it. And so I fake I, news. I, fake I, news. Yeah. I hid when they showed up to interview interview me on camera. <laughs> but 
while while all the turmoil was taking place, the woman who lived in the trailer directly behind the dealership called us and asked us if her how her trailer was still safe. And she came in and thanked us for easing her mind and stuff. The next morning, we, we were watching the news, and there she was on camera describing watching the plane wreck into the- <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so basically, don't believe anything you see. She had the story. <laughs> she had the story. She got the hits. All right, so going back. But yeah, I had, I had emailed Kevin Blodger for a quote on a story I'm writing for the magazine, and he had... Um, I ended up replying to him like, "By ticker, did you mean drinker?" <laughs> He's like, "He, he should have just been like, no moron." Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just learned that term. Yeah. But yeah, ticking. Uh, I. Yeah, it makes sense when you're not stupid and you actually <laughs> know what it means. Oh, stupid. and by the way, we do have flights in Sweden. Just so we okay, just so okay. Clarify. Well, so, so I, I, I got, I get that. I get that. We do have small glasses in Germany. We had to use. Uh, so they make small glasses for fruit juices. And so we had oh, these small glasses. Those for were fruit our first juices. taster glasses in yeah. our old space. They were <laughs> like uh Germany like, doesn't uh, make like beer diner glasses orange juice glasses. glasses. Yeah, 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 yeah. Germany they frown upon small beer glasses. So they so we had to use the uh, fruit juice glasses. Wow, that's funny. So now how how strict and what happens if you break the Rhine it took me about a year to learn how to say yeah, that word. Reinheitsgebot. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just That's not bad, perfect. Right? That was pretty good. <laughs> that was uh, what, 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 more on the aggressive German side, but yeah. nonetheless. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you have to remember, he comes from the Bavaria, where it is, it's a bit softer. It's more... Like the inside of a pretzel. <laughs> Uh, actually, <laughs> yeah, we can like go the with inside that. Of a Bavarian Don't mess pretzel. with Bavarian pretzels. They are legit. Oh, God, they're so good. Are we allowed to say the F word on here? Well, he just did it. He's from Germany. It's all right. Yeah. What, Franconia? <laughs> so, explain exactly what it is. Is the it yeah, okay. what, is how heavily is it enforced so, and what happens if you break it? Okay. So the Reinheitsgebot was is uh, celebrated its five hundredth year, I think either last year or the year before. And in fifteen hundred something, uh, if the, the, there's numerous stories. One of the stories was there wasn't enough there wasn't enough uh, bread because all the brewers were using the wheat to make Hefeweizens. And so the the Duke of Bavaria said, "We need to we need to make sure that there's enough bread for everybody to eat." They outlawed. They came up with this purity law, which then said you have to use malted barley. So wheat wasn't allowed. Malted wheat wasn't allowed anymore. The bakers had their wheat again. People were eating, but the Hefeweizen and the wheat beer, which was insanely popular then, then took a nosedive. And your regular just beer with malted barley was then on top, and. Originally, it didn't have the, the famous four components. They allowed, obviously, they didn't know what yeast was, but it allowed for some spices, actually, back then. Then it went through numerous permutations, and eventually, in the 1990s, most people don't know it, they scrapped it. They then created a new beer law, which is the, essentially the temporary beer law of Germany. And they separate between ale and lager beers, Lager beers have stricter regulations than ale beers. 
And if you go to Bavaria, within the state of Bavaria, they have even stricter laws for ale and lager beers. And so you still, for example, for lager beers, you still have the four main components, water, malt, yeast, and hops. Nothing else can go in there. You can, however, get a permit and brew one, a one-off batch of a special beer if they allow it. Uh, they typically do allow it, but to go there to have to always get approval for something like that is a is kind of a pain. Uh, I know some places will just brew it regardless. Now, thank you. Now, with ale beers, they allow more in there. They allow, uh, if I remember correctly, they allow uh, sucrose, so just powdered sugar. Uh, you can put, uh, I think, honey in the beer as well. You can't use rice or corn, but you can use some other types of fermentables. Uh, and but most places. So is still, that just what's brewed there? If it's brewed elsewhere, can it be sold? Made if it's with imported those? into Germany, then it can be brewed however they want. Okay. Ah. Yeah, that's no problem. Which is unfortunately probably one of the reasons why you do see on the shelves in Germany more craft beer from outside of Germany than inside of Germany. So what about that? There's a grapefruit Rattler that's but German. But that's add, add, added afterwards. Isn't no, it? that's from Austria. That's Stiegel. Oh, that's, 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 that's it. from Austria. Oh, son of a gun. Maybe you should learn the geography. Just over the mountain. I suck at geography. <laughs> I'll never be good at it. They're our neighbors. So, Dang. So yeah. just over the state line. Yeah. That, that's, well, that's they just, don't have a Rhein-Ice Let's just stop with the Austria-Germany conversation, though. <laughs> <laughs> so is, is it actually enforced? Or it is enforced. In there's, there's a slightly funny story depending on who on which side of it you're on uh a large As most good a large craft a, a quote-unquote large craft brewery in germany uh brewed a milk stout and they had it at their pub and the health inspectors came in and they looked up at the board and they say what's that and they said that's a milk stout and he said okay is there milk in there he said no it's the added lactose he's like well you can't call it milk and you can't call you can't call it that because people might think there's milk in there. And he was dead serious. So he's like, you got to change the name. And, you know, the guy was like, okay, he'll come back. And he came back. The guy changed the name. He spelled milk stout backwards. <laughs> the guy was, the, the, the inspector said, that's not funny. Dump it. He had <laughs> to dump the, all. The joke was no longer yeah. funny for the brewer. He then. had to that dump all bad. of the beer. <laughs> and so it depends is, is, the, is the, the answer I could say. Some guys, if you're in a, for example, we have the small, we have the beer garden. I can do a, a, a small batch of, let's just say, I did one time uh, a coffee stout, Imperial Coffee Stout, and we did one batch of it, let it go. Yeah, we didn't register it with anybody or get approval, but if it's not in There's bottles, always a chance. If, it's not, if it's not packaged, they don't really mind as much. Sure. So, but they're going around checking, like, are they just going based off of, I guess, like, how is it enforced? How, it's how a, will they it's even It's just know? a random expe- inspection. But they do come by, and they'll pick up beers. It's like, an, it's like an FBI, you know, crime scene. They do come by with plastic bags. They put your bottles in plastic bags. They seal them. They label them. And they will take them off to a lab in order to make sure that the, the alcohol is, is on target. As advertised. Yeah. yeah. And that everything <clears throat> you say on the label is actually in there. That sounds pretty much like how we submit exactly, to our Exactly, yeah. Monopoly. So like we were talking about the other night. Well, Explain for our re- your process. For our, that's, I mean, not a plastic, or not a plastic baggie, but um, 
any beer that we want to, we have what's called Systembolaget, which is a state-run monopoly for any alcohol purchase that is over 3.5% for beer. And if we are to submit a beer to, to sell on the shelves, it has to be submitted to a headquarter office, and then we have to submit a second sample to make sure that the beer is consistent and that taste follows the same standards as the first one. And we have a list of names that have to be approved. We can't have anything that would suggest promoting the use of alcohol with children, the use of alcohol with sports, the use of alcohol with operating heavy machinery or any transportation device. Um, what else? It can't suggest the collection of beers. So, like, having a series. You couldn't, like, calling it... Uh, number uh, one or number two. Or, or Sucker yeah, Punch. Yeah. yeah. Well, well it's, it's not a, that's not it's a no, series. No, but, like, exactly. Like, if you, if you were to have four so different beers... You can't promote collection. Two, you can't promote collection. You cannot have anything that is... Sub- subjectively judged by them that promotes the consumption of alcohol ah. so there's no fun involved there's we have rattlers and rattler literally means bike rider yeah. because you're supposed to drink it after biking and then rattlers right. are good yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's refreshing get back on refreshing your bike. and so one of the this rattlers actually, are delicious yeah they are I like rattlers. The, this actually just came up uh, recently for us we have a beer that's called optimistic forecast and it is a pale ale, and we plan to release four or five different versions of it because a pale ale is just as diverse and versatile as an IPA, but it's a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something that you may want to drink more throughout the year. Like an IPA, honestly, sometimes in the summer, I think that's one of the reasons why New England IPAs are so popular because people drink in the summer. They drink more. Something that's juicy and very tropical noted is much easier to drink than something that is very bitter and high ABV. Right. So we tend to we tend to brew a lot for the season and uh, we were told that by having optimistic forecast, calling it a series was not allowed. Hmm. So now what we can do is we can continue with our plan and call each beer optimistic forecast, take it out, resubmit it, go through the three-month process of paperwork, and and not have any issue by simply taking out the words, this is part of a series, or we can say there is evidence that shows this, 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 this the number of breweries that have done series. Even even beers like that are called this and that. Right. So one you know, one label is this and the other beer is that. They release them at the same time, but because they're released at the same time, it's not a series. So is there thinking that if if you create a series of uh, beers that you're encouraging the person to try each one of them Correct. therefore but Correct. Government is stupid so everywhere. That is, right. that is really, <laughs> yeah. that is really strict. We're not only dealing with it in Maryland. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> when in Germany, at least, once the initial tests and everything are done, 
they don't care anymore. So you can call the beer whatever you want. So there's no approvals process okay. anything. You can you can so call that's it whatever funny. you want. Well, the you production can, of it is extremely regulated yeah. and. Yeah, they, they, checked, yeah, once it's the, approved, it's approved. The there, there's, there's no, the only approval really is, is because the visit where they put it in plastic bags is those are random inspections. You have an actual independent lab test it for you, and you just keep the paperwork for when they come by. Ah. If if you don't have any of that oh. beer on tap or in a bottle for that, so it's actually a lot easier than what uh, yeah. he has to deal with what Peter so has to we, deal with. So we were talking the other night, <clears throat> and from what I could gather and remember because because yeah, beer beer will do that to you y- you base you have inspectors that come around pete and if if the beer's not good you can't sell it no like it's, it's not it's not the inspectors they don't come to the brewery it's what's on the shelves right so if something like for example we if we send we are not allowed to sell the monopoly a beer that has less than two months on its best before date wait is that the like official term for it what they go by or are you just referring to it as a monopoly no absolutely it is a state-run monopoly yeah this it, this like that's what they it, it's, it's they called they call it's themselves called, the monopoly it's, no it's called what? system belonging which literally means system business the okay. government <laughs> the government has a monopoly on the sale of alcohol right correct or some, yeah in germany they have something similar on, on to the that retail with, on the retail sale with schnapps so with with hard alcohols in germany they the government had a monopoly i think they might have changed it to the benefit yeah. of and so one of the smaller guys one, yeah. one yeah. of the things to go back to the the question about flight flights and education awareness i would say that sweden is as far as what's available they're very highly educated. They know what's out there. Right. They are, I mean, that's the thing that System Belogit does fantastically well. If I want something from, what's the, McClintock? Yep. McClintock Distillery? Yeah. If they were to get contacted by System Belogit because I have asked that I would like, I would like to purchase one case of their whiskey or mm-hmm. whatever, and they say that they're willing to submit and send it. They will. They will you, you do facilitate it. that order. Huh. What is interesting, though, is that when it comes to things like these strong regulations that they have on the Swedish producers, founders will say all day IPA has a car with a canoe on top of it. <laughs> On their on the, on the can, that, yeah. on the can, yeah, yeah, yeah. That wouldn't fly. Yeah. There. So so it, it wouldn't fly. They're like you you're promoting it, it, exactly. recreation it, it and driving. It wouldn't fly if we did it, but because somebody else that's oh. like, you know what, we're not going to bow down to your monopoly rights, your your yeah. your almighty reign of terror as it is, because they do they do a lot of things that are really good. And so one of the things that I wanted to mention about the education is. We have a strong awareness with the actual products that are available. But what we don't have is we're not at the same point where the U.S. is with lobbying and mm. having and having guilds and... I don't know whether that's a good or a bad thing. Well... Sometimes. Like, from, honestly, from, from, I don't know. I'm not, but, a, I'm not a very political person, but it's just... I, it, but, I went down to Annapolis uh, last year, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's brutal. 
it there there's a lot of um, in terms of, of, of politicians who make you know careers out of being politicians, you know, politicians yeah. it's uh, there's a lot of deep seated things that uh, us guys who have been in the business for a small period of time that are just trying to pay our bills and do our thing they don't care they're trying it it, it seems very vendetta esque. Well, and, and, and that's the thing is that for, for us, we've, we've been fortunate enough to at least get the support of that. Uh, us, our brewery and another brewery, which has their, both of their founders are two Swedish Kiwis from New Zealand. Uh, their brewery and our brewery, we wrote an open letter, not saying that we should close Systembolaget or the Monopoly, but just add to it say that look you've given us the permit to produce these things you have given us the permission to sell them through your channels allow us to sell them as well right because what what permission have have we done the only permission that they could question is is that we're going to have different operating hours as them but that's really about it once we get approved it's then you got to do everything yourself and so we have we do self distribution. So I gotta drive. Yeah, we do self distribution yeah. as well. Uh, it's very common in Sweden yeah. to do okay. self distribution. I'm currently sitting at the beach, but Graham just insisted and nagged me until I recorded this to let everyone know that um, next week we will be releasing part two of this episode. I'm gonna go back to enjoying my beach drink now. Thank you, everyone. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook, and if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my god, that's good.